0: Wealth building habits by age. Where should I be in my age group? To kind of have that money mindset for this decade. And then also the motivation for what could be. All that on today's show. It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy.
1: Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's
0: Brian Preston, The Money Guy. But if we hadn't gotten so big that I worried about copyright issues, right? We'd be playing some Jerry Reed right now. <laughs>
1: what, what, what Jerry Reed Because We Reed's have it. a lot
0: to accomplish in a short period of time. So we, of course, play the whole Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, okay.
1: I'm with you. You know, you. I'm cause, so, you. I'm so we're
0: moving this shipment across the country. And guys, this one, I'm, I'm hoping this is not a two hour show. If it does turn out to be a two hour show, we'll turn this into multiple shows. shows. <laughs> but, um, we have, this could be the base for something. And <laughs> yeah, I am sure. so excited. I almost couldn't sleep last night. Well, no, I truly woke up before my alarm clock because I was so excited about getting in here. And let me kind of get into this. We have three sections that we want to cover. And I, you know, I kind of teased this already. I want you to know where do you need to be among your peers? Sure. Um, we've already done, we kind of did a, a show few months back, Mm -hmm. on what my net worth should be by age group. Mm -hmm. Got a ton of feedback. YouTube, it blew up. That's right. And a lot of people also left a lot of comments. Mm -hmm. And I want to kind of address some of the things within each of these subsections. But that led and, and spurred to me creatively thinking about these guys raise a lot of good points. Where should they be? how do you get your mind right on what you should be shaving, saving what your mind is shaving?
1: How do you get your mind right on what you should be shaving?
0: But then, so figuring out that 10 years, the habits that are going to make yep. that more fruitful for you. So, you, you know, wisdom is a lot of times built upon the fact of somebody sharing from their experience. Sure. That's what we're going to do. And plus all the people we work with and the, the things we picked up. And then I want to... I wanted to bring it in. Here's something really cool. We close out each one of these decades. And this is going to hopefully keep the interest of everyone because I think 20 year olds are going to be curious about what's going on with 50 year olds and even beyond to have one million, two million, and three million dollars. Um, and where do we come up with one million, two million, three million dollars? I mean, everybody wants to be a millionaire, but I'll be honest because of inflation because of time i think it's 3 3 million right, yeah. is really where wealth independence it's a higher variable Than the one million that we were all daydreaming about, you know, in decades past.
1: And what I think is going to be so fun about this show is, you know, money and finances tend to be that one taboo topic that we can't really talk to our peers about, unless you're in the financial world. And so, what this is going to be great is this is going to kind of tell you if you are in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, these are the things that you should be doing. These are the boxes you should be checking. So. Rather than going and asking your peers what they're doing, we're going to kind of just tell you, hey, this these are the habits and this is the way you should be thinking about your money at this point.
0: So before we jump in, moneyguy.com, you've got to go connect with us on all the different ways we're out there. You've got to go to moneyguy.com just because that's where we have the show notes. That's where you can register with your email address so we stay connected. And if you're not taking advantage of this 30-minute financial plan that we're offering, guys, the deliverables, the feedback we're getting, because remember, this is a short-term offer. We're you're essentially the beta tester. We're giving it to you free so you can let us know how we improve this process going forward. And then we have some exciting things that we'll be doing with this content as well as your improvements. So please go to moneyguy.com, sign up for the 30-minute-ish financial plan. And then also go check us out on YouTube. I mean, one of the biggest things you're going to pick out when you go to YouTube is you're going to see my hair grows incredibly fast between episodes. <laughs> I mean, I kid you not, I think I can't grow chest hair, I can't grow back hair, not that I want back hair, but but my hair grows, no kidding, every two weeks at least an inch, I think, when I look at these things. So if you're curious what I'm talking about, go out and look at our YouTube channel, um, and I, I think you'll see, in addition to, to getting all the great content, we have it broken out into to easily digestible segments, and, it, and it's blowing up. Yep. I got to tell you, yep. so excited about what's going on, and I just want you guys to have the opportunity to kind of experience that as sure. well. So let's jump in, and, and I'll go ahead and tell you, this thing is front and loaded for a reason to my 20-year-olds. Um, when we did the last net worth show by decade, but mm-hmm. I want to give you a compliment. I poo-pooed the idea of putting numbers with that show. You kind sure. of put that in as a last-minute addition, bringing in the Millionaire Next Door formula. But one of the things, the feedback items I got from my 20-year-olds who wanted to know the money-saving habits for their decade, was that they were like that millionaire next door formula was took a little sell wind out of my my sales sure. and the fact that and it is biased towards young people because let's face it you come out of college 22, 23 years of age more than likely you have student loan debt and here I am telling you you need to have um, a level a level of savings and net worth that is multiple your multiple times your income when you've only worked for one to two years it doesn't make a lot of it's sense not fair yeah so let's talk about this where should I financially be By my age group when I'm in my 20s, and have the mindset for where I should be when I enter the 30s. How do we set this whole thing up? So, so here's where where I want to go with this. I have told you guys from ground day one that you need to go ahead and have the mindset of saving 15 to 20 percent of your gross income. That's before deductions. That's before Before deductions. 15 to 20%. You guys lost your mind when you heard me say 15 to 20%. (laughs) But I'm not kidding. That really is the goal. But I'm also a reasonable person. When I first graduated college, I made $28,000 out of, uh, out of school at UGA, got into a public accounting. And um, I know it's much higher now, but it was twenty eight thousand at the time. There's no way I was saving fifteen no. to twenty percent of my income,
1: and and buying groceries and yeah, for the it was, car we're and
0: reasonable. Stuff. This is your stretch goal. I want you to know, don't panic. <laughs> Realize this is a stretch goal, and this is something aspirational that you need to strive for. Because I know a lot of you guys that listen. Let's face it, you're listening to a financial show. Sure. You're already three steps ahead of your average peer. So more than likely your income is going to go much faster and increase at a a level that you're not anticipating. I want to go and give you the tools and where that mindset should be so you don't squander that opportunity.
1: So a 15 to 20 percent is the goal, the aspirational goal. Is there a baseline? Is there a minimum level, hey start here?
0: When you start working, you're going to notice your employer probably offers some type of incentive to get you saving. They're going to offer a matching or a profit sharing. But a lot of times they want you to have some buy-in, some skin in the game. And it's like three to four percent at a minimum. Do the employer match, you know, whatever you have to put in. It's usually three to four percent. So that's why I'd like you to start is somewhere between three to four percent. Make that your baseline savings goal when you start in the 20s.
1: And so uh, one thing that we talk about all the time is, okay, most folks can walk away from three to 4%, but that's still a far cry from 15 to 20. And so one thing that we tell folks all the time is as you advance in your career, as you get pay raises, as you have life start to accelerate, just because you start at 3% doesn't mean that you stay at 3%. And a great strategy that we talked about pre-show, Brian, is every year you get a pay raise, as part of that pay raise, just bump it up. Three percent goes to four percent, four percent to five percent, and so on, until you are getting those fifteen to twenty percent numbers. I
0: clarify there that I want to make sure that I share with you guys, if you're only increasing at one percent, I consider that you're in a job where you're getting cost of living increases, where you're getting a three to four percent pay raise, then I understand that's gonna be one percent. But a lot of you guys are professionals where like I said, you're you're the 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 scale that your income is going to go up If your income is going up 10, 15% a year, don't make it a 1% increase. You are shortchanging your future if you have that mindset where you're only doing, you you know, you're kind of still borrowing off your future. So if you do have huge jumps in your income, Really challenge yourself to get that fifteen to twenty
1: percent as soon as possible. And, and in a second, we're going to share just how powerful those early dollars, those first dollars, can really be.
0: Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to let Bo is kind of as a thank you to the previous show. Bo is kind of going to be our tour guide on going through those numbers of what the money could be. And you're going to see there's a big difference. You twenty year olds have an opportunity that our forty 40- and fifty year olds just do not have. Your That's right. money has a multiplier effect that army of dollar bills gets so excited that it does a lot more work for you than it does for a 40 or 50 year old and we're going to give you actual numbers to demonstrate that but let's first get into some of these valuable wealth building habits that if you can start doing this stuff in your 20s without a doubt will put you head and shoulder above your peers and this list is going to be longest for my 20 and 30 year olds and that's for a purpose because that's when it's most valuable to set these goals so the first thing this is, and, and I also feel like I need to set the table. A lot of these ideas came from, I made this collaborative. We have a great team here at Abound Wealth and the Money Guy team, right. is that we have a lot of good associates of all age groups, and um our administrative team is spectacular. So I did this where I said, okay, here's the show idea. Y'all tell me, you know, like Carol, who you'll hear about in this sure. show, super successful, then took some time off to raise family. Um, and then she, but, you know, her family is, is done great things financially. This is awesome that she was able to give me insight. And then I've got Matt, who's our newest addition to the team. He's been able to, to kind of throw his insight of what he's seen his peers do in the early twenties. And then, of course, we got Gabe some, some, some input in as well. But here's what this first one kind of came from, from Matt. And it was talking about make sure that your college degree choice, whenever you're in the college phases. So when we say 20s, we're going beyond, even before you that's graduate, right. make sure you choose that major that's going to have a great ROI, return on investment. Um, there was an article and I, and I put a link to it on our show notes that hopefully maybe that link can make it out, out there is what is your ROI on your college degree? This is now, it's got a little age on this it. This is from, a bankrate article from bankrate.com yeah. from 2015. And I, what I thought was interesting, and I don't want to spend too much time because we have a lot of habits to go through, but it basically shows what they estimate your income will be with this degree, the average income for right. this, 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 this profession. It, it a- estimates what probably, um, the cost of the degree, and it assumes, I guess it's, it's assuming, um, that you're going to, how long would it take? What's the break-even point if you're assuming 15% of your income from this profession went towards the cost of the education. What's the break-even point in years? And it was shocking to me, without a doubt, the shortest one was sales-related. Of course. If you do something in sales, your break point is probably around five years. That's all the marketing majors and things like that. But but I think that that, that's probably a little short-sighted. Of course, people in sales do really well, but the, the, there's a—it's not necessarily coming out of school with a college degree in sales. It's actually being good at. You got to be good stuff. at sales. So, I mean, I, I tell that as a cautionary tale because I don't want a bunch of people thinking if I go get a, a sales degree, like marketing, and other things—that's the that's easy all I have street. To do, yeah. No, you got to have some skill set because sales. There's a reason it pays well. That's I mean, right. I have a lot of uh, neighbors who are in sales because it does pay well. Well, the ones that were surprising, of course, at the top of the list was your, your civil engineers, mm-hmm. your accountants and those type pharmacists, physicians. Um, the even though the attorneys is on there somewhere. Yeah. Right? Attorneys were yeah, probably services. mid-level dentists, lawyers. If you want to, I'm going to flip the page though and go to the bottom side because let's talk about who it takes 22 years to get break-even. If you have a it, profession that takes 22 years to recoup your cost of education... That's
1: over half your working career.
0: You might have a problem. Yeah. And, that, and, that's, and it's your marriage and family therapist. It's your reporters. And this one surprised me, a veterinarian and even teachers. Oh, wow. So I tell you all this as a cautionary tale. Make sure you're getting an ROI on your investment. And then the last thing, I know college forever, and I'm a huge education proponent, but there are some of our biggest clients do not have college degrees. That's right. So if you know that you were put on this earth to do something that maybe is not traditional, um, I'm talking about, I mean, we have people that are exterminators. Mm-hmm. We have people that are in the services like plumbers, right. heating and air, um, people, Self-taught programmers, that's yeah, coders. That's I, was thinking of. I mean, these things. If you find <laughs> that you were put on this earth to do these things, you don't necessarily have to have a college degree. And believe me, I'm an education proponent, but I would be doing you a disservice if I just assumed that there's not alternative paths. That's right. I mean, we have people who deal with robotics that. um I mean, I don't even want to go into some of the obscure ways you can make money, but it's not always the That's traditional right. path. So pay attention to what that return on investment is. Um, Bo, you had a
1: great point when we were talking about this is uh, the, let's talk about the why yeah. of why you work. So not, not only do you need to find, uh, when you think about your college diploma, you need to find a degree that has a, h- a high ROI. You also need to find something you kind of enjoy. You kind of have a passion about because uh, if you just go to work every day for 40 years and you're really just clocking in and clocking in, checking in and checking out, you're going to miss a lot of the fullness that you can experience in that. Um, so don't only work to build independence, but work on something that brings you purpose and try to seek out that thing that brings you purpose. But this is a small disclaimer we have to put on there, and I feel like this is especially true inside of folks who kind of fall into my generation. Just because you're finding something you're passionate about and something that you really care about doesn't mean that you don't have to grind for maybe the first five, six, seven, ten years, and really do things that maybe you don't love. Your dream job may not be your dream job on day one. You yeah. may have to put in a few years in the trenches to turn it into your dream job. So that's something you have to keep in mind. And and, and here's the thing: when you're in your twenties, you don't have a ton of experience, but
0: probably you have more capacity. That's right, because you you don't have kids, you don't have some of the commitments that that your older peers. There is, unfortunately, it falls on your shoulders. That, and, and I thought this was great when we were doing show prep, but you do have to be prepared to to kind of yeah. sacrifice a little bit in your 20s so that you can have that that reward sure. in, in in the future. And I had um I had a lunch with some a friend of mine from many years ago. Um, he's he's had wins, he's had losses. I mean, he was you know successful and then crashed and then you know completely broke and then he's back on his way up. And I thought something he said was was pretty powerful. Or we, it kind of came up in our conversation. Was you said the working to build purpose, but he the 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 point that was made was not working to get away from what you do. I think so many people, and I want to challenge my twenty year olds who are part of who think that they want to get out at thirty or forty, and so they're going to go take a career in something that really don't like, but they heard that's where the money is. Right. Be careful with that because. If you're working to get away, like because I think, I mean, how often do we see doctors, engineers, um, attorneys mm-hmm. who go there because they think that's where the money is, and then they get in the middle of it and they're like,
1: "They just hate it. I it's don't just, like this. Yeah, this just...
0: is not what I'm meant to do," and and, and that scares me a little bit because half your half your life, if you're spending 40 hours a week at a minimum, you're yep. doing 40 hours, maybe 50. Half your life is spent working, so you better make sure you enjoy doing it. That's right. Um, this next one makes me sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but I think it. there's a lot of power to it. Learn to say thank you. Um, people will want to, and this is something I've worked on with you, Bo. I want to give you a compliment. I've told you this on many shows um, that we've done on gratitude. Sure. You have always done a really good job of making sure when somebody did anything for you that you said thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, If somebody bought you a meal, if you had an opportunity... And I, I told Matt the same thing. You know, Matt's our newest team member. He always, whenever you, you know, ask him or, or talk to him, he's very thankful Mm -hmm. for anything you do for him. And people will want to mentor and love on you if you do have that, that mentality or that heart that's gracious and, and you're an awesome gift recipient. Um, and, and this led to my, cause I, I wrote this down because it came to me. Entitlement is an obstacle to reaching success. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, no, it really, really is because if you don't have this gracious heart that says thank you, um, it kind of comes off as that you're supposed to be here. And when right. you're younger, looking for breaks and opportunities, uh, I mean, I'll just tell you, as an older guy, I know I sound like an old timer yelling at the kids to get off the porch. I really do. I, I, I get, I recognize this, but I mean, with age comes some wisdom. Sure. Is that I can tell you, I love paying it forward. And, man, does it hit. I mean, it gives you, you want to hit with a bang versus a thud? Yeah. Make, when you get something, just feel like it filled your heart when when somebody gives you something and, I, and you'll get more yep, of it. Absolutely. That, that's probably the best way to put it. Um, This one came from Matt, too. I thought it was really good. Responsibly build your credit. Oh,
1: that was a huge one in your yeah. 20s. I mean, in your 20s gets
0: overlooked. Um, cuz so much of your financial life is going to be judged by your credit. I mean, we all think about the common sense things, the low-lying fruit is purchasing power, your cars, cars your homes. houses. Yeah. But there's also this new thing that's happened in the last decade is risk profiles are built upon you based upon your credit yeah. and that's your home, your auto insurance, your utilities. And and here's <laughs> something that, that that came up and we've mentioned this on previous shows. Don't wait too late to get your credit. Yep. Um, you know, if you're a college student, the credit card companies are falling all over themselves to give you credit. I'm not saying go out there and do everyone for that bag of potato chips, but at least make sure by the time you leave college, you at least have one Something credit card set up yeah. so you have a credit history that you can start creating, um, you know, your own score out there to be, to be j- judged That's off right. of. Um, this next one. Here's another habit. Have a long-term mindset. I'm talking about thinking three years, five years, 10 years later. Don't let life happen.
1: Yeah, you know, this one I, I struggle with sometimes because I often hear this saying so much is I'm living my best life now. And I think that's awesome. And you should live your best life now. But you don't need to just focus on living your best life now. How about doing some stuff now to make your best life 10 years from now, really, really excellent, really, really awesome. And I feel like that gets missed on this generation a ton.
0: Yeah, I mean, because what came up in our discussions was don't go buy the, the BMW mm-hmm. now. Right. I mean, because there's a lot of people, your 50-year-old self will thank you if you don't make some of these bad decisions exactly right. when you're younger and get yourself really behind. Because as we get into the examples of what money could be, you're going to see every dollar... Is more valuable than you probably realize. Yep. Um, know the season you're in. I, Bo, I, I hate to keep picking on you. Well, that's all right. That's what I'm here for. You need to know the season you're in, and the fact that I think when you're in your 20s, and a lot of you guys, if you're watching a financial podcast, you're, I'm going to just go and group you is that you're a doer. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, you're a doer, overachiever. And doers yeah. and overachievers have a hard time looking around and enjoying the day, the weather. The, the season of their life yeah. currently. You're constantly feeling like, what's next? You're already, you, maybe some of you are even more guilty of that previous step, having too long term of a mindset sure. where you're not living enough and understanding where you are. And, and I put this, think about the, the decisions people feel like. I, I know there's this constant our society has created where, okay, I went, I got to go to college. After I go to college, I gotta make sure while I'm at college, I figure out my career, but also I gotta figure, I gotta find that right person to be my spouse. After I get a spouse, we gotta buy the house. Oh, after we buy the house, we gotta start the family. That's very formulaic. That's where the treadmill kind of kicks in and you start putting all this pressure on yourself. And, and Bo, you've always been such an overachiever that I always, I I tell you to slow down. And I said, look, one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be. You know, in your 40s, you're yeah. going to be in your 50s. You're going to have all the things that you want, but you need to. Because some of my fondest memories come from things that happened in your 20s when you are struggling. Yeah, I mean, I can remember when my wife got her first big job, and we went and celebrated and spent what we thought was the most expensive meal, where we did fondue, and <laughs> you know, it was, it was. It now it's kind of funny, but I just get almost that goosebumps feeling every time I kind of go back into it. And the thing I always also share is that the curve, I think everybody always wants to be well ahead of the curve. You want to know when you're looking at that bell curve of you and your peers that you're always ahead of the curve. But I'm going to tell you something. That curve catches you. Age just naturally makes that curve catch you. So make sure you're taking a deep breath. Breathe in life. And don't let some societal formula of when and where you need to do stuff. All this stuff is good. I mean, getting married is good. Sure. Buying a house is good. Starting a family is good. But make sure it's on your timetable and not some artificial scale that just is being pushed upon you or that you're skipping steps and not enjoying the sure. day you're in. Did, did I give enough love to no, that? And
1: I think that's perfect. And I think what, where we went, Brian, is from that we kind of talked about, well, there are some things that you can put in place to make yourself feel better about that. So to not feel like You're always having to get ahead of the curve and go out there. And a real easy one that we set is automate some stuff. Specifically, you're investing in your savings behavior. If you can automate that, that'll be one less thing for you to think about so that you can enjoy the here and now and you know how much you can spend and how much you are saving. If I'm talking about wealth habits, one of the things
0: is go create wealth and that mindset is the automating your investing if you can automate your savings slash investing because it is a mindset through forced scarcity we talk about that all the time go ahead and pay yourself first go ahead and set up the behavior that's going to make it where automatically you're funding right. these goals where even as you're getting these big pay raises in the future that you're not letting lifestyle creep right. take over and and borrow from your future self um, start saving something was another savings yeah. habit that I put on here and, and a wealth habit. And you got to start with something. Remember I told you the baseline is probably three to 4%. If you're in one of those, I barely can afford to get by at least try to do three to 4%. So you at least start that habit. Realize when you first come out and you go out on your own, you've got 20 years of a consumer 's mindset more than likely, yeah. I mean just because your parents have taken care of you or you've you 've had things happen to where you haven't necessarily been out on your own, yeah. so you 've got to reprogram that mind. I did a great thing when we were talking about the the keeping up with the Joneses show the one of the the two weeks ago show. Um, I talk about that well worn path when you 're starting a habit it's going to look like a treacherous trail, treacherous woods. I mean, you'll look at there's no trail at all. Right. It takes a while to turn that that woods into a well-worn yep. path, and that's through the habits, of these wealth habits that we're talking about. So make sure you understand what it takes to start saving something.
1: And this is the beautiful behavioral shift, I think, that happens. Is you might say, well, I can't save anything. I'm tight, I'm paycheck to paycheck. It's amazing if you do start saving that, $20 a month, $50 a month, $100 a month, whatever your number is, after 6, 8, 10, 12 months, you'll be amazed at what's accumulated and you kind of get addicted to it. Yeah. You're kind of like, oh, well, maybe I can turn no that doubt. 50 into 75 or maybe and I can. And take- that's
0: that empire mindset that's that we exactly talked about right. once you start saving like that. Um, here's one. I think a lot of students, when they're in college, you daydream about not having to read three chapters in two days. I mean, you think when I get out, I just can't wait to not have to read. I wouldn't want to break your heart, but I want the, the other wealth habit is that you have a hunger to always be learning. Mm-hmm. So even though you graduate from college or graduate from whatever your highest education, guys, I want you to have that, that mindset that even though you're out of school, formal education school, that you're still, I read more now than I did in college. I mean, I I know that probably sounds weird, but I I do. I find I read a lot more now, and I have this, I mean, I love that the Internet lets you. If You have a curiosity. Like, I have, I mean, me and my daughter have been going through this thing knowing about honeybees. How is honey, and all, it's, but there's a hunger there, and I'm saying you're, it can manifest itself in many different ways, saving goals, career things how do you get better at being yeah. good at your job but i'm just saying always be a student of life and always want to be reaching for for higher things to, to make yourself just better and this shouldn't be just something for 20s this is for 20s 30s yep. 40s this is universal um and then here's the last one i'll say for my 20 year olds because i i don't want you to feel like i'm picking on you is that this is your time when you're in your 20s to to take think about risk mm-hmm. and i'm not saying think about risk with fear I'm saying, think about risk. Is this an opportunity That's for right. you? I mean, is this the time to move to a different part of your country? I d- of your country?
1: We I have think. folks all over the world, so, so I'm not even going to correct you. I, I, That's maybe, probably true.
0: But I do want to challenge people. I, I grew up in Georgia most of my life, and, I, and I, I'm always forever South Atlanta will be the town that made me. But moving to a different part, I mean, it was an adventure. And I can tell you that there, there is nothing wrong if you look, like I had to do it for family reasons, but maybe you need to do it for career purposes. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to do it, consider it. I mean, 20s is a good time to make it happen. Start a business or make a career change. 20s, nothing wrong if, you, if if that's when you're looking. And burn, you put it out there, Bo. you got to be prepared to burn the midnight oil. That's what do you it. mean by that?
1: Yeah, so what happens is, is in your 20s, the fact is, you just have more capacity, likely, than you're going to have later on in your life. And so, if you do move and it doesn't work out well, you can rebound. If you do start a business and maybe it doesn't go yeah. the way that you think, think it should, you can rebound from that. Certainly much better in your 20s than in your 40s. But the other thing that I think happens that a lot of folks don't realize is there are times that if you need to go grind it out and work 100 hours a week, not suggesting that you do that, you can do that kind of stuff in your 20s when you have less obligations, less family stuff going on, less community stuff going on. You have the ability to do that, and so don't squander that. Take advantage of the fact that this is the part of life where you have a lot of margins. So don't be afraid to do that and to put that work in. You,
0: you're going to get some troll comments on that. I'm just predicting. I'm just predicting it. I think that's going to be <laughs> that is troll comment bait right there. So we'll we'll, we'll see if it happens. So Bo, get into uh, now. That we've gone through the work hard, play hard. Talk to us about the motivation for what could be. Get into the numbers. So
1: yeah. So uh, what we did is we went to the Bureau of Labor Statistics and we pulled some average uh, incomes. And right. You've already heard this. And so this is what we said. We said if you're a 25 year old and the average income in that echelon and lower end was twenty seven thousand four hundred and fifty six dollars a year. If you start saving at age 65, right? So you're going to start saving at 25. You're going to make $27,000 a year. You're going to go all the way to (laughs) 65. Did you say you
0: start saving
1: at 65? I'm sorry. You start saving at 25, (laughs) and you go all the way until age 65 with no pay raises or no increase in your savings rate. And if all you're doing is putting in 3% of your pay and you're getting a 3% match, so that's just simple math, 6% of your money is going into savings. By the time you hit 65, you're going to have $868,170.
0: So putting in not even, I mean, $68 a month, and you're getting a match of your, from your employer of $68 right. a month, never getting a pay raise. I mean, this is, you're this is almost humbling. a millionaire.
1: You're Very almost humbling. a millionaire.
0: But that money, and how much did they actually put in? I mean, uh, what was the actual contribution so, from so the, the, the person? So the total
1: amount that you put in over your entire working career was just under $66,000, and the account is worth... That's 92% of the total value of your investments is from the growth. But you might be saying, okay, well, 868 sounds cool. What would I need to do if I wanted to be a millionaire? How much do I need to save? If you're that 25-year-old, you need to save about $160 a month. The actual number is exactly 158. Well, what if I want to be a two-millionaire by the time I'm 65? You would need to save about $316 a month. I think then,
0: I think the I think way I'd say it was have two million dollars, two millionaire. If you want to be a millionaire
1: twice, <laughs> two times over, save three hundred sixty. And then if you want to go to, to three million, if that's kind of the, the the thing that you're shooting for, you would only need to save four hundred and seventy four dollars a month to get to three million. So this
0: is worth repeating because I'm I want to challenge all my twenty year olds. I want you to go watch our series or stay tuned to listen to the thirty year olds, the forty year olds. And even the 50 year olds, because we're going to have the same numbers. One, one million, two million, three million. Right. Um, and, and you're going to hear that it's going to take a lot more, a multiple of $158 to reach a million dollars. Right. I mean, 158 and realize a portion of that's probably coming from your employer. Right. We already heard in the previous example, if you were getting a 3% match, right. I mean, that means that you're not even putting in $100 a month to get to a million dollars if nice. you're getting a match. Yeah. To be a, to be worth $2 million. See, I, I didn't make it a two-millionaire. Um, it's it's $316 a month, and then less than $500 a month, $474 a month, gets you to $3 million. I, I know that that might seem like a stretch when you're 25 years old to save $500 a month, but realize some of it is coming from your employer. Sure. Dude, and
1: it's amazing. And I have friends who went out and bought that BMW right when they graduated college. They were paying more than five hundred dollars a month for that car. They very easily could have shifted that and be working towards three million dollars. And
0: ninety-two percent of that three million dollars could come from the growth, assuming. Now we realize this this assumption used ten percent, sure, which came, you know, I think S and P historically is around ten point one six if you look at it historically, but. I um, mean, as you get older, you're gonna have more diversification, but it's a good illustration. So, that is, that is amazing. So, so get to work. I want to pivot and talk about my 30 year olds now. All so, right. this is wealth habits for 30 year olds. But the first thing we have to do is make sure that that mindset is set for the decade. What should you be doing in that 30 to 40 mark? So, so here's where we are. At a minimum, when you enter the 30s, you should be saving 10%
1: of your income. So 20s, you start somewhere. 30s, you really need to be at least getting to that 10% Yeah, I didn't number. say
0: just because 20s, I told you, oh, it's all right. You come out of college or you just start getting into your profession and you're saving at least 3%. That's okay because I get it. There's some scarcity of income at that point. Right. By the time you're in your 30s, though, even if there's a scarcity of income, you've got to start figuring out how you're going to get to 15 to 20% That's of right. your money working for you that's because remember that's your stretch goal is you want to have 15 to 20 percent as a baseline savings goal of your gross income with hopefully an eye towards 25 percent to be a hyper saver um so at a minimum when you enter the 30s you want to have 10 percent and very quickly you want to add to have that 15 to 20 percent reached by 35 years of age i I think if you have not done it by 35 years of age You might be a a touch behind. So let's talk about valuable wealth building habits for my 30 year olds. Okay. And these are good too. Have you found your mentor or person that's going to challenge you?
1: That's a, that's a beautiful, you know, I, I think that what's so interesting that we recognize is that, you know, coaching, there's, I mean, it's, it's a huge industry and people think about, oh, when I reach a certain level of success, I need to go hire a coach to help me. What I think is beautiful is when we're young, there are older people, wiser people who are willing to invest in you, willing to pour into you. You're basically getting that coaching and, and oftentimes it's for free because it's someone you work with or it's a family member, it's someone in your community. If you haven't found and connected with the person who is living the life at their age that you would like to be living and you're not kind of drinking from their knowledge, you're really missing a huge yep. opportunity.
0: And and here's a turbocharger because, you know, when I was talking about 20-year-olds, we talked about have a gracious heart where you Mm -hmm. say thank you a ton. One of the things, once you find that mentor, make sure that you you love back up on them telling them, hey, thank you for sharing so that they want to continue to open that fountain up and and share as much knowledge as possible because they're going to give you the feedback. They're going to give you the stretch goals and hopefully make you the better version of yourself. So find that mentor as soon as possible. The next, uh, you know, wealth habit for my 30-year-olds is, have a plan. This came out of my collaborative discussion with, you know, everybody here in the office, is have a plan on how you're going, you know, what is your family situation going to look like? If you're going to have kids, how are you going to raise the kids? And how many kids are you going to have? This stuff, there are so many studies on how expensive having children are that if you don't at least have a plan or attempted to have structure on this, I think you're missing out on. Um, so, and, and then I put some sub notes on this is think about the example you're setting. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife was out of town all weekend. She went down to visit her mother down in Georgia and then she went down for a birthday party. So it was me and the girls and I was doing something in the garage and I dropped my phone or I dropped something. And, um, and it, it was one of those things. that just wasn't supposed to happen. So I said a four letter word and my eight year old was being my side <laughs> helper. She, really convicted me that she was... She let you know you said a word
1: that daddy shouldn't have said, right? And it it, it shocked
0: me, I'll be honest with you. It really shocked me on how scolding she was about it. And so, I mean, and this is just one thing, I mean, because it comes up all the time where your children are paying attention. So think about the financial... Habits that you're paying it Absolutely. forward with them. It's not just about cussing around your kids. It's also making sure you're setting a good example That's for right. them. Um, but I will look at you because I pick on you. You you haven't done it yet, but we do have discussion. If you are considering private versus the public school with sure. your kids, make sure you have a reasoning for mm-hmm. it. You yeah. know, um, I I've shared. You know, my 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 special needs child is in a private school, but our oldest child is in the public schools That's because right. we live in a really good school district. I mean that's something a discussion you need to have because if you are paying for the private school K through twelve, at least have a plan for why. Yep. Understand why, um, because you know we talked about if it's a FOMO or keeping up with the Joneses, that's not, not a healthy reason, yeah. reason for 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 doing that. So have an understanding of that,
1: and not only have an understanding of of why when you make <clears> those sort of decisions, but understand what the long term impact of those are because you kind of need to weigh. Uh, you know, maybe you had this idea about building your dream house in your forties, but then you also are thinking about sending your kids to private school and maybe those are competing goals. And so it's important to have those conversations early on so you're not setting yourself up for, um, frustration and anger and upsetness later on. The last two points I had on the,
0: the wealth habit of at least having a plan about children and what your family structure will look like is, um, you know, if you, if you do have children, Instill that builder's mindset from an early age. You heard me talk about. If you go back and listen to it, if you if you didn't hear it, but when I, I was talking about twenty year olds, you're coming out of twenty years of more than likely for most of the population, people were taking care of you. Sure. So I would challenge my my thirty somethings who have families to try to instill a builder's mindset to create independence in your children already. I think that 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 could be very helpful for them in the future as yep. well. And then. Last thing is just college funding. We've mm-hmm. done shows on college funding. That obviously needs to be something that you have at least a thought towards right. to know what that means for you and your family. So let's move on to the third wealth habit is make sure at this point that your debt or any debt in this stage is potentially productive debt. Now whoa, you're, whoa, you're, whoa. you're like, productive, productive debt. debt, you know, because we've done the whole zombie debt shows. We've done, and, and look, even productive debt is debt. Yeah. It's I mean, fast. it's nice. Debt is a four-letter word. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, it; it really is. And 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 there's so many people that that it's it's one of those things that, and and I hate that it's polarizing because sure. I know that a lot of our money guy family they're they're split on the whole credit cards, and we've done credit card yeah, episodes. Yeah. But I get it. I'm with you. Four, debt is a four-letter word um, because it, it, it's it's in battle with the term of financial independence because it is an obligation, yep. and by by the sheer fact of design, obligation is in conflict with independence.
1: And I I think what's really interesting is is in your twenties, debt kind of has a little bit of control on you out of necessity. If you need to buy a new car, you might have to finance it. Obviously, when you buy a house, you need to, you know, you need someone to likely let you borrow money for that. In your thirties, you really need to be having that conversation around, am I in control of my debt or is my debt in control of me? And one of those is the right answer and one of those is the wrong answer. So, Let's
0: actually put in perspective of what debt we're talking about mm-hmm. that could be classified as productive debt. Mortgage debt, I mean, more than likely you're sure. not paying 100% for your house, so you are going to have mortgage debt. I mean, you need to be tying down and closing up the the student loans. Yeah. I think that you yep. need to be winding. Now, I realize I recognize some of you out there in the audience are from the medical field. You're like, guys, I just got through with my residency. <laughs> I'm not done with the... Six figures, multiple six figures of debt. I get that. I mean, you're you're a unique case, but I. Do but you think should it's worth
1: have it. a plan in place for it. You need
0: to have a plan for it. You don't need to be carrying any credit card debt on right. over a month-to-month basis. I'm not saying cut off the credit cards, but if you're not paying off your debt monthly, that's a problem. Yep. You might need to go back and reevaluate. Do you even need to have credit card sure. debt if you can't pay it off monthly? And then don't have because this is what society is going to tell you. Don't have a payment focus. Oh, this is such a big one. Payment focus is what will lead you to have a brand new car in your driveway, an RV in the backyard with some jet skis on a trailer (laughs) right behind it, and not a dime in the bank. Because you can afford the payment. Yeah, because everything's $200 a month. That's right. I mean, that is the truth of the matter is don't have a payment focus. Every time you go take down debt, Know what the dollar amount is. Don't right. let them trick you into paying attention. Is it $200 a month? Because that $200 a month could be because you're paying for it for 10 years. That's I right. mean, you guys know, I've made it no secret. Excited about the Tesla that's coming in, the Model 3, the more affordable Tesla. Um, I go on, I stalk the Tesla forum and it cracked me up. I didn't post because I didn't, I don't know. I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to post, but there was a whole conversation about people financing for 84 months or considering financing 84 months because they what? really wanted to get into a Tesla. Guys, I know you want to be part of the revolution. It's cool having a car that's fast and all the other stuff. But if you are having to finance a Tesla for 84 months, don't buy the Tesla. And I love Tesla, but don't go buy a Tesla.
1: Let me make a suggestion. We did a show a number of years ago called uh, um, Financial Decisions You Hope Your Friends Make. If you're someone who's thinking you might have to go finance a Tesla for 84 months, just have a friend who's by, I've got a buddy who's getting a Tesla in like the next week and it's saving me a lot of money. So Touché. something to think about. Touche. It will not
0: be financed for 84 months. Remember my, you know, and I've talked about this on the Keeping Up with the Joneses show. Go listen to it if you haven't heard it pay off your, your car loans in three years. Yep, I don't right. care if you finance it for 48 months because it's the same interest rate or 60 months, but it better be paid off in three years right. if you want to have a healthy mindset. So, and that leads to, so that's a great segue. I didn't mean to do it. I mean, maybe it's subconscious, but beware of FOMO or yeah. fear of missing out and the comparison trap of trying to keep up with the joneses and, and don't
1: you feel like this this it gets it gets bigger and worse in the 30s i mean it's bad in the 20s when everybody's kind of coming out and competing but it's almost a little more juvenile and then in your 30s i think it really gets i you think, think really it by, by every measuring. decade yeah
0: i think it's by every decade unfortunately the problem is is that in your 20s everybody's i think you have your own internal self-coping mechanism because you know when somebody's bragging about how good things are going Like, yeah, but how good could he really be? He's only been out of school for five years. It does in your 30s and 40s because people are starting to get traction in their careers or things are starting to happen. I think that the the comparison does kick in. The intensity does. But it's always going to be there. I will tell you. And that's why you just need to be figure out who you are as soon as possible so you feel very comfortable yep. and don't get into these competitions. Um, and then here's, here's one, and this sounds somewhat fil- uh, f- familiar, um, but it's in a different form. You know, we've talked about, if you go back and listen to what I told the 20-year-olds, I talked about risk is something you need to look at, but it might be an opportunity for you. That's right. I think for 30-year-olds, risk is completely different. Now it's something that needs to be accounted
1: for and locked down. Bo, what do I mean? Because you're kind of in this this stage. So a big thing you need to think about are are the types of insurance protection that you have in place. You know, if you have a spouse or if you have young children or someone dependent upon you, you need life insurance. If you are, have someone who's dependent upon your income, you probably need some disability insurance. If you do have, you know, unique things going on like a spouse and like children, you really need to have wills in place that suggest what happens to your stuff and what happens to your people. Uh, because you want to be able to make those decisions while sure. you can on this side of this life. And then another one that often gets overlooked is if you start to own property, you do have cars and homes and income earning potential and boats and everything. You might need to go look at umbrella insurance because you just want to make sure the unknown, unknowable out there isn't the thing that, that, that completely wreaks havoc on your plan.
0: So make sure you have the risk accounted for in lockdown and a plan for it. And as Beau shared just in quick summary, if you do have people counting on your income, at this stage term, life insurance is so That's cheap, right. I mean, because you're probably relatively very healthy. So you can get 10 times your income for pennies on the dollar. I mean, so go go look at what term insurance is. I mean, I think that that would be a good thing.
1: So here's a spot check for the 30. So let's assume that you're a 35-year-old. And again, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics on the lower end, a 35-year-old on average makes about $39,416 a year. If you're going to begin saving and you're going to save until the time you get to 65, Then we're going to assume a 10% rate of return, and we are going to say that you got to where you needed to be and you're saving 15% of your pay. If you start saving 15% at 35, earning 10% per year, by the time you get to age 65, you will have over 1.1%. Million dollars in the bank, and if you, if you, just so
0: you don't in case you don't have a calculator, that's four hundred ninety-two dollars a month. That's, that's right. close to, so it's a little under five hundred dollars a month. So a thirty-five year old needs to be saving about five hundred dollars a month, and they'll have one
1: point one million dollars. I just think that's an important thing to mention. So a thirty-five year old who saves five hundred a month will get to one point one. <laughs> do you remember what a 25 year old who was saving 500 a month gets to? It was three million dollars. Three million dollars. That's how important those early dollars. So, be. so
0: do this for me because I remember on the segment when we were talking about 20 year olds. Ninety two percent of that 1.1 million. Well, the one million, the the eight hundred thousand right. for, for the ninety two percent was growth. Ninety two percent came from growth. What is it for the 35 year old? It's still pretty
1: astounding. Uh, it's 84%. So of that $1.1 million, 84% of that is just your money working for you. That's So there was about
0: an 8% drop off on on the army of dollar bills. Still super strong. I mean, you got a bunch of, you know, Sly Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger's on the front lines, but it's, it's the expendables, Sly Stallone. No, maybe not even expendables. (laughs) It's just maybe one Rambo 3 or Rambo 2 versus, you know, Rocky from the 20s, because it's just much more productive if you can start in your 20s. But 30 year olds, you still have tremendous growth potential. But take it a step further, though. What if they want to have one million, two yeah. million, three million dollars? So
1: here's your ABC one, two, three savings benchmarks. If you want to have a million dollars starting at 35, you need to save about $442 a month. If you want to get to two million dollars by age 65, you want to save $885 a month. And then if you do want to have that three million dollar number starting at age 35, you will need to save one thousand three hundred and twenty-seven dollars per month.
0: Yeah, I mean that's still because a lot of this. Remember, you probably got an employer match. Right. You're getting money from 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 that employer who's who's adding to this number. So that's that's conceivable. It's still inside reach. I, I think it for definitely sure. is something that could do if you want to be a, have three million dollars. Almost made your mistake and said three millionaire. If you
1: want to be a three millionaire, that's how you do it.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome tips for for our thirty year olds. Let's talk about our 40-year-olds. Man, what is the mindset for the decade for 40-year-olds? And this is, now you're getting into my sweet spot. I've been through the 20s. I've been through the 30s. I'm in my 40s. (laughs) So I feel like I get to love on you and talk about what's going on for this age group. And let's first set the table for, for what's going on at this time. You're finally at the point, and we talked about this when we did the what your net worth should be by mindset and age group. Um, on a previous show, but this is actually a point where a million and next door formula, the wealth index comes into play. And let me share that formula. If you just take your age. Okay. Multiply it by your gross income. That's before deductions. That's right. Times
1: 10%. Or divided by 10. The I know. math
0: holds true both ways. In the book, it's actually is divided by 10, but it's the same. Age times gross income by 10%. Multiply by 10%. So that's two times, that's two that's multiplications right. built into there. Um, That is your average accumulator of wealth, your A-A-W ratio.
1: But, 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 our Money Guy listeners are not average. No, nobody's average who's
0: listening to the Money Guy show. You want to be a prodigious accumulator of wealth, a paw, a paw, P-A-W. A paw is at least two times A-A-W, an average accumulator of wealth. You want to be twice as good as an average accumulator, and that's your paw ratio, So that's that's the number I want you to know. So go take your age, multiply it by your total income, times 10%, and then multiply it again by 2. That's perfect. And that's going to give you your PAW, your prodigious accumulator of wealth, and let you know if you're ahead of the curve and what you should be doing. So now that you know the number, let's get you motivated and tell you about these wealth habits that you should be doing.
1: So this is at the point where you need to make sure you've spot-checked where you are in retirement. Are you on the path to where you ultimately want to be? Is retirement age 75? Is it 60? Is it 55? You need to kind of know where am I going and am I on the path to get there? This is the last, you know, we shared
0: for the 20-year-olds, the 25-year-old saver, the 35-year-old saver, you can still let your money, 92% for the 25-year-old, 84% for the 35-year-old is still coming from raw growth. That's right. Forty-year-old is kind of the last stop on the train to where you let your money do more work than you do. That's right. So let's get serious about making sure you're spot-checking and and in in setting up your financial future. Um, this is also the stage. Let me get to number two. Point number two of saving of of wealth habits is don't take your health for granted. Yeah, that's a big. I think that um. You know, Warren Buffett, if you go watch Becoming Warren Buffett on HBO, he starts off the entire documentary talking about you get one vehicle. What if somebody came to you and offered you any vehicle in the world? What would you want? But the catch is you only get that one vehicle to make it through all stages of life. In a lot of respects, I mean, he made the analogy because he was talking about your health, your mind, your body. Um, don't take it for granted. I had a pastor who told me something pretty profound. When he was 43 years of age, his father had kind of approached him and said, You're at the age now where if you're not exercising, if you're not focusing, you'll never get it back. Yeah. And, um, and I see people because you start, and I'll, I'll tell you, it happens when you get in your forties. I could always lose seven pounds by almost just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really could. If I started picking up weight, I just, ah, okay. I'll trim back what I'm eating. I'll go walk a little bit or exercise. Seven pounds melts off. You get in your forties. Guys, it doesn't melt as easily. I don't know what's happened, but the body is like, you know what? I'm getting up I, I put in, I burned the midnight oil in the 20s and 30s. I'm going to take a little bit of a break on the metabolism. So it's hard to get it back. But the pastor shared with me that his father said, you've got to choose. There's a fork in the road. Choose if you want to go down the path of keeping your mobility, keeping the exercise train mm-hmm. going, or are you just going to kind of let life happen? Sure. It doesn't mean you're not going to be happy. But it just means that you might not have the, the, the same flexibility, right. the, the muscles and everything else that just, that you want it to be. So focus on your health at 40. And plus, this is when you need to be getting physicals and other things. Cause I'm, I'm in this phase right now. I have a, di- right now, you'd probably notice my mug, my, I love my Star Wars mug and I love drinking a cup of coffee while we do this show. I've got to go get, A medical test. Nothing alarming, but I I have to fast. Why do I have to do that? Because I'm I'm in my 40s. So I'm just telling you guys, focus on your health because you don't want to take it for granted. So that's why you don't see the coffee mug today.
1: And and I think, you know, obviously we're talking a lot about physical health, but I think it's very important that you also kind of focus on your mental health as well. Yep. Think about those things that help you relieve stress. Is there a hobby you need to pick up? Or are there things you need to do to make sure that you're keeping your mind kind of in tune? That sounds really, really granola. <laughs> in tune with your body. Uh, and make sure you understand what are those things that bring you happiness? What are the things that you find truly fulfilling in life? And that's a great segue into the next one. Cause this is, this is such a stereotype. But I've gotten
0: old enough and had a, a little experience that I think I understand it a lot better is, how do you avoid that midlife crisis? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, guys, this is the age where, unfortunately, in your forties is when the midlife crisis, and, and if you want to talk about wealth building habits, you know, the first way, probably, we ought to put this as number one, if you're looking on scale of, of what actually impacts, if not getting divorced,
1: yeah, is,
0: yeah. is going to protect your wealth more than anything else, because we have people all the time when they're filling out their best and worst decisions, a marriage can be the best, but, If it doesn't work out, it will cut your net worth in half and could potentially be very much be the worst financial decision. And I have found from my experience, and I'm not, I'm not licensed. I'm not a psychologist. This is just Brian trying to love on you and give my, my wisdom of looking at the world around me and my, what I've seen and experienced from people. Okay. Middle life crisis comes from two points. Okay. Man, I, I'm really on shaky ground giving this because I'm not—I'm a financial guy. But underachievement, I think there's two versions. There's underachievement where I think, unfortunately, the people who didn't pay attention to what brings fulfillment in their 20s and 30s and getting a career that they just love coming to work—they—they um, they wake up one day in their 40s and go. What am I doing? How, how did I get here? Yeah, Because I think you have this coping mechanism when you're in your 20s and 30s. Be like, well, I'm young. i got plenty of time. But you get to your 40s, and you go, how did I get here? I'm yeah. just not where I thought I would be. So those people almost are grasping for, I've got to make yourself feel younger, to sure. make you a coping mechanism for the underachievement. That's where I think one version of the midlife crisis comes from. The second version comes from having success. And that success creates the ego that is the creator of I. Okay. The, and I use the I with the rabbit ears um is because these people think that I deserve better. Mm-hmm. I'm entitled to more because I've had this success. Look at how much and, um, I have accomplished. Uh, and 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 there's and it goes back to that that high school all the football players in my high school wore a t-shirt on game day. Well, no, actually that's not true. They wore a jersey on game day. But I guess throughout the rest of the week, they wore this shirt that on the back, and I loved it. It had, it said, it had big team, little me. And then I, that's, that's what they yeah. said. But the, the actual saying that I want to make sure I draw attention to for the I is that there's no I in team. That's right. There's really not. And realistically, if you're successful, you didn't completely do it. Sure. Um, I'm in this stage right now, and I think that a lot of what, um, and this is a great segue into the next point is that I look back and I can't believe all the people who gave me breaks. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can always keep that humbleness, if you can keep that gratitude in your heart, this is the same advice I'm giving my 20-year-olds when I say, make sure you're saying thank you. I think 40-year-olds need to pivot, and let's go to the next point, is is have a thankful heart and try to figure out how you can be more generous. Uh,
1: dare I say, Brian, that uh, neither you nor I would be right here doing this the way that we're doing it without the money guy family. Yeah. And right. how thankful we are for that. I am the Mr. Magoo of success, guys. This whole thing
0: started as a passion project just because I wanted you to be successful. I wanted to share the good news. I always wanted to be a school teacher and this was my way to essentially set up an educational classroom to share the good advice of, of trying to make good financial decisions and and you guys have loved on me. A lot of you have helped me. I mean, you've come out. I mean, even like we did this thirty-minute financial plan giveaway that we're doing right now. You guys have already sent us some incredible feedback. Yep. I love you for doing that. I mean, that is just. I, I you don't have no idea how connected we feel when when you guys are loving on us for that. But um, I, 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 to bring it back on point, though, I do want to share that have that thankful heart, that that eye towards generosity, because ego can limit the growth of your success if people start feeling like you have this whole
1: eye towards how awesome you are i don't think they want to help you
0: i think they almost start rooting against
1: you and you had said something that i thought was just beautiful brian you were talking about you know if you are someone who's had a lot of success or there's something that makes you very unique and you have a specific talent you ought to find a way to pay that forward. Yeah. Both to those around you as well as to future generations. And I thought that was so interesting to approach it from that it mindset. It
0: is the epitome of the abundance cycle. You know, you've heard us talk about if you're new to the Money Guy family and Bo, you, you told them how much we love them. That's why we do have this abundance cycle where here's what happens at the Money Guy show. You come here and for free. We love on you. I want you to learn. I want you to take this. I want you to soak it up like a sponge, invest and grow. And then, with the thought that we're the 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 one, the the far the gardener who kind of tilled the land, put the seeds in, and you grew this beautiful live oak tree, we're hoping that you'll come back and say, I, I, I'd like to have somebody look over my shoulder, yeah. and I'd love those guys to be the ones yep. that, that we consider working with. That, that really is the abundance mindset and the abundance cycle. I, implement that in your life, too. I think you'll find that The reward is more than you would have ever anticipated. And then the last point we had for our 40 year olds on success habits and wealth building habits was just update that estate plan. Um, maybe you've moved. I mean, Bo, we both of us have moved to a new state. We had to update our estate plan. So you've had children. You got children that are getting older. Your life situation has changed. You got to update that estate plan. And it's not just the money. It's also what is, what happens if you can speak for yourself, yeah. both
1: financially and health related. Do you have a plan? Sure. That's built into your estate plan. <laughs> you know, so often we have, we have estate plans when we first have our young children that say, if something happens to us, this is the person that we want to take care of our kids. And that's kind of our sole and, 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 and big focus. Well, now that we're getting into our forties and our kids are getting older and we've built some wealth and we have some assets established. Can a 17, 18, 19-year-old child really inherit that wealth well? So you kind of have to shift even the focus of what your estate plan is. So if you are in that stage, it's something to start thinking about very seriously. So
0: let's get into the numbers. Cause okay. I, I, I want to see what's happened to our 40 year olds. All
1: right. So if you are a 45 year old, and again, this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The and, and Bo, let me
0: add this. This is a 45 year old hasn't saved a dime. That's right. They've been partying it up. So we're, we're,
1: <laughs> we're starting off for a 45 year old who has zero. So the average income according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics at four, at 45 is on the low end $49,400. If you began saving then, you're going to save all the way until you hit 65. And you say, you know what? I've listened to these money guys. I am going to start saving 20% of my income starting right now all the way through. By the time you get to 65, assuming a 10% rate of return, you will have just over $625,000.
0: And that's with 20% of your income. You end up with $625,000. What
1: that means is that you've actually put in a little under, a little over $197,000. And the account is worth 625,000. So that means that, uh, instead of it being 80s and 90% growth, it is 68% of your total value is from your dollars working on themselves. Yeah, so the, the army of dollar
0: bills is still providing over half of the growth, right. more than half. It's 68%. I mean, that's still a, a pretty phenomenal rate that's of right. growth. Um, I, I think it is one of those things that a lot of people are probably looking at this and go, okay, Brian, you got 20 years of savings. If I was saving 20%, Six twenty five sounds good and especially with a great growth rate of ten percent like this assumption is built in. But what if I want to have a million dollars? What sure. if I want to have that two million or three million? What what do those numbers look like? Yeah, so
1: if you want to have a million dollars, you need to start saving thirteen hundred dollars a month. Okay. If you want to have two million dollars, you need to start saving twenty six hundred dollars a month. And if you want to have three million dollars, you need to start saving three thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars a month. Uh, again, I think it's really interesting. The 35-year-old who was saving $1,300 a month got to three million. The 45-year-old saving $1,300 got to one million. It just shows how important those early savings can be. And, and just because
0: I don't know if everybody is paying attention, because maybe you were waiting for your age group to pop up, but the 20-year-olds, if they saved little less than five million dollars, five hundred dollars, yep. had three million dollars. I thought it was very cool that. It, the, the same thing kind of just happened. You mm-hmm. see how mathematically this all works is that to get to three million, they only had to save like $1,300. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, you're going to, we're probably going to see this play forward, That's but right. it really does show how the earlier you can start that saver's mentality, the more you'll be rewarded. So let's, it really, I love the excitement. I hopefully you've got your walking papers. If you're a 40 year old and you know to get energized and make it happen, but let's transition. And let's talk about what the next stage is. Okay. Our fifty-year-olds. I want. I first because if you're fifty with no money saved, or or you maybe you feel behind. I want to. I, I want to give some encouragement because so, I think hopefully I, I daydream about somebody coming into this show, and maybe they have not always been into money, but they right. they're on fire. I mean, they have gotten inspired. They're motivated. Um. Let me share this with you. I think a lot of people always think that they're behind. I mean, we are our worst and harshest critic. Sure. The research shows, I pulled this up for the show, that the average millionaire is 62 years of age. Okay. Less than one, or right at 1% of millionaires are less than 35 years. So when we're talking in our 50s, it's okay if you haven't reached a millionaire status yet. You're, you're not necessarily behind the curve. It just means you really do. Ha- need to have that all-hands-on-deck mm-hmm. mentality. You finding out how do we create financial independence, it's paramount. It, it really does go way up the scale on where your daily priorities are sure. on what you need to be focusing things on. So once again, we're going to go use the Millionaire Next, next Door formula, which is take your age times your gross income times 10%. And remember, if you want to know if you're doing a good job, you'll multiply that number by two to, to figure out what the prodigious accumulators of wealth are. Um, it's also the point that you got to start running projections. I mean, the goal is now bigger than just this millionaire right. next door wealth index or benchmark. I mean, you now are thinking about yourself. Um. So you've got to be running projections right. to know how you stand.
1: And, and dare I say, in your fifties, you can kind of start to see the finish line. Yeah. It, it might not be right right there in front of you, but you can start to see it. And it, and The race becomes very real when the finish line comes into sight. And and so it gives you the point. Is this going to be a celebration? Have I done the steps when I was 20,
0: 30, and 40 that this is going to be a celebration? Or unfortunately, is this a time where I'm going to have to come up with plans B, C, and D, or maybe I have to work a little longer? Maybe I don't retire at 65. Maybe I'm going past 65, maybe even in the 70s. Or... Can I live on less? I, I hate to say that the glass is half empty, but you definitely, this is the time in your fifties. You gotta be thinking right. about these things. So let's, let's not go negative with the glass half empty. Let's talk about these habits that are going to, to help you build wealth sure. and know what to do. So the first thing is, is a, a wealth building habit is, are you debt free? Yeah. This is the point. Have you got the mortgages under control where all debt is paid for? Are you having, are you calling Dave Ramsey and yelling out loud because you're debt free? I love it. I mean, really, this is the time where this stuff needs to be happening. Um, this is also, you know, when I talk about habits for 50 year olds, life has likely changed. You've experienced a lot in the first 50 years of your life. Can, is there a change that's needed or can there be a reawakening? Sure. This was inspired. We have, um you know, if you've called the, sh- the, the the office here, if you've come by for a Franklin tour, which we love when we get people coming to get tours for uh, of the office and see the studio and everything else, but we have a, a, new, a new administrator mm-hmm. and Carol came to us and she took some time off. She was an accountant, a CPA. Right. Brilliant. And we are the luckiest people in the world to have her and the fact that she took some time to raise her children and then got back out there and was doing some volunteer work and then working at another job. But this was like the getting back into the professional world again. And she let me know that she was scared. I mean, she was, there was some fear. Sure. And fear can be one of those things that can really limit your options. But now that she's in, I think this career change is bringing some yeah. fulfillment. So I, I tell you, this is one of those things where if you do something scary, it, it, I, I will tell you, the fear can really make you feel like you're almost frozen. But if you can make it on the other side and actually be successful and whatever you face that fear, it's invigorating. That's I right. mean, if you accomplish the goal, you're going to see this is, this is pretty exciting stuff. So consider the 50s a, hel- a healthy habit to building wealth is are you evaluating are you happy where you are? Does a change need to occur sure. um, in your career? Or maybe you even just need to change. And I think Carol sets a great example on that. This is also, th- maybe you are somebody who's done something very well. You're ahead of the curve, but you're finding that you're having trouble when you think about what's your purpose, what brings you fulfillment, or what's happiness. Maybe you need, your change is not changing a career because you have to catch up. Maybe your change is is you need to take a sabbatical. Yeah. You need to take more time for yourself, right. let's look at this from a glass half full standpoint. Maybe you do need some changes in your life just so you can um, refocus what's important to you.
1: A quick aside you know, sabbaticals uh, are really sort of these beautiful things because if you've been spent your entire working career working and then you're thinking about this retirement idea yeah. where you're not working, that's kind of foreign. Like, you know, it, it doesn't feel familiar. You're going from something you've done your whole life to then not doing that. A sabbatical might be a nice little tease into what that world could look like. What I that love the example like.
0: you're giving here because this is – how often do we hear when you have – you decide you're going to live off one income instead of two incomes that we always tell everybody, practice That's living right. off that one incomes before you actually quit work and realize – one of you quits work and then you realize you can't afford to do it. Yep. The same thing can be said for retirement. I mean, I was I've been trading – um, messages with somebody because we're thinking about doing a collaboration mm-hmm. show with somebody who's in the retirement space. And how often do we see people who think that they they work, 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 and want to go for financial independence, only to go find that they don't like actually being retired, yeah, yeah. and then they go take another job within three years. Yep. So a sabbatical is a perfect opportunity for you to go try on to see, am I going to transition into this next phase that's of my right. life. Okay. So that's a great point, Bob. I love it. It's your practice, you're measuring twice, cutting once right. to make sure this thing fits. The next point for, for wealth building habit was spend on experiences, not just more toys. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, you know, because this is the, the age, I will tell you, in your 50s, I had an attorney friend of mine, very successful. He said, guys, go do stuff, you know, because you, you, your body's just always not going to let you go hike. Um, you know, the, the different things yeah. you want to do. And so go, can't handle
1: plane rides as easy. Go yeah.
0: create those. Well, I'll tell you from a 40s, mid 40s, roller coasters are my friends when I'm younger. They're getting to be where I can be a little pickier <laughs> on what I'm riding because the old inner ear, the motion sickness is kicking in a little bit. I don't, I don't understand it. I know it's a physiology thing, but it's heck. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But understand that spend money on experiences, not toys, because the toys, The money doesn't actually bring the full fulfillment. I think a lot of people, um, it's a human nature thing. We, we daydream about once we have money, we're, we're going to have all this happiness. There's a lot of unfulfilled and unhappy rich people. I'll just go and tell you, if that's what's bringing fulfillment, you're going to find it doesn't work. And I know that's, that's philosophical and that's getting all touchy feely, but I just, I see it. So, um, and then also I want to caution people, um, about the, the whole thing of, of the toys is don't die building the dream house. I mean, I've seen that happen where everybody says, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, because I'm going to save, 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 save. And they don't take, and I look, I love saving. I'm always talking about the habit of saving. But you do need to make sure you're having incremental celebrations, to travel, to do things, to create those experiences, because it breaks my heart when I see people make all the hard decisions through their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, even their 50s. Then they get to the 60s, they start building a dream home, and then they, one of the spouses dies, sure. I mean, it happens. Yep. And, and that's the thing. I don't want you to be doing something that's not actually helping you be the best version of yourself.
1: You know, So in our day jobs at Abound Wealth, we help people with financial planning and planning for retirement and saving and investing and all these different things. But, Brian, I think one of the most fulfilling things that we do are when we get to work with those folks who have spent a lifetime saving and we're able to serve as that mechanism to say, hey, it's okay to start spending. Hey, it's okay to go build the dream house. Hey, it's okay to go do that trip that you've always wanted to do. If you're someone who, who maybe thinks you're in that area where you need somebody to help you say, Hey, it's okay. Now might not be a horrible time to start seeking some professional advice to work through that.
0: Yeah. We talk about that all the time is that the enterprise has gotten so big, you're looking for a second opinion right. because you're starting to get nervous. What happens if the market gets beat up? Yep. Whatever you, you just need, you've done an awesome job, but you just need somebody to kind of be your co-pilot through the That's process. Right. So, but give us some numbers though. Cause I want to get, I want to get people excited about. Or at least get them thinking about what they need to be doing from sure. a behavioral standpoint. So
1: if you're a 55-year-old and you haven't saved anything up to this point, the average income, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, is just over $50,000 per year. And if you're going to start saving for the next decade until you hit 65, and you recognize you have to be all hands on deck, so you're going to go 25% of your income, at the at the age of 65, you will have $213,483. You yourself will have put in about $125,000. So 41% of the totals are from growth. So this is a person
0: saving $1,000, $1,042 a month mm-hmm. will have, after a decade, $213,000 with 41% of that money coming from the growth. That's but right. that means that 59% came from the actual contributions of the participant. That's
1: exactly right. So that
0: is a far cry for a millionaire status. So yes. what does a 55-year-old have to save to over a decade to get to
1: a million dollars? Yeah, so if you want to have a million by age 65, you actually need to save $4,882 a month. So right under $5,000 a month. To get to 2 million, you need to save $9,763. And then to get to 3 million, $14,645 a month.
0: That's what, man. Those numbers, and compare that to just n- not not as a, a poke in the eye, but just to, to show you how important saving is. I mean, the twenty-year-old was less. What was it? Sixty-two dollars. I was looking through my notes. Yeah. Of let's... course, I've got them all messed up. Here they are. It's um this, the the twenty-year-old was sixty-eight dollars for for eight sixty-eight. A million dollars was one fifty-eight. Two million dollars was three sixteen. 3 million was 474. Guys, make your money work. It's crazy. So, that's a great point to just kind of close it and say, guys, we love giving you these shows that motivate you by decade because you need to know where you stand and also not to get caught up in the rat race, the treadmill of what's going on. So, I don't care if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s, go listen to all the segments so you can also have a mind towards where you've been, but also where you need to go. And then share this with your peers, as well as your children or relatives. I love it when you guys give us the feedback that you are sharing this stuff. And as Bo said, look, some of you are probably to the graduation point that you need some additional help. We want to be that resource to you. We work with clients all across the country. So go to moneyguy.com, go to aboundwealth.com. We have contact us pages where you can write us right there on the websites and let us connect with you. And then... Here's the last point. I love the giveaways, so make sure you're checking out the 30-minute-ish financial plan that we do because, guys, it's a complete free giveaway. It's going to be temporarily only for a short period of time. It's going to be free. Take advantage of that and then also go check us out on YouTube. I'm your host, Brian Preston, sitting here with Mr. Bo Hansen. We'll be back in just a few days.
1: The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice.